All right, guys, welcome back to Beers and Pickskins. This is going into week six of the NFL. If you did not listen to the college football episode, you can probably tell that my voice is not normal. And this episode is actually not being recorded in person. Jacob and I are recording this via Google Meet and hoping that it comes to you in beautiful quality once we extract the audio. But we're also going to try and upload this as a video recording to our YouTube channel, which we'll kind of plug at the end here. Um, but yeah, super excited to be back. I've been sick all week long, as you can probably tell from my voice. Um, hopefully it's not too bad for you guys. And we're just going to get straight into it here. Uh, going to be a little bit shorter of an episode. Obviously, our schedule's kind of been thrown off with my sickness this week. Um, so we're not going to have the the lovely beer segment that we normally have. But we are both sipping on a little beverage as we chit-chat here about what's new, what's going on, and what to expect. But how are we, how are we feeling NFL-wise, Jacob, coming off the heels of a victory for both of our teams this week? Yeah, I mean... I don't know if your team could have been more dominant. I mean, 34 to zero. I mean, goodness gracious. Um, and, you know, I, you know, as a delusional Raiders fan myself, I, I got to just be over the moon and think that we're back. <laughs> had, I think it was just one turnover completely uh, in the first four games of the season. And then we had, we had three picks. Um, yep. So, you know, Pretty much the only logical conclusion is that the Raiders have the best defense in the league at this point. And, um, yeah, you know, ready to get into it. You know, we got the got the Patriots coming up, which we'll we'll talk about. Your team just had the Patriots. The Raiders now get them. I'm yes. hoping I'm hoping for a similar 34 to nothing. That would be fantastic. Would love that. Um, but, yeah, ready to ready to get into the next week kind of. Talk about a few things that we saw last week. I think mainly, I think the first thing you wanted to touch on was Jamar Chase, your mm-hmm. LSU boy. Um, finally, and unfortunately for me, because you had him in your DraftKings lineup last week, um, he had a killer week. And it looks like he's looking to have another one going into this week. Yeah, no, I, um, you know, I've been banking. I, I feel like most people would say it's probably a matter of time before the, that offense started to click a little bit. Um, I actually watched pretty much all of that game. I was driving home from Arkansas at the time and it was streaming the game on my phone and I was driving by myself and streaming the game on my phone. Uh, probably not the safest thing to do, but I watched all of that. And it was every time I saw him get a catch or go in the end zone, I was just cheesing because i knew he was on my team um but it's it's funny to see the guys that you know are kind of in the the higher tier or we consider them higher tier players and when that frustration builds into something positive um after the previous week's game you know they were interviewing him and just asking him how he feels and i'm not going to quote him directly 
uh, of what he said, but basically said, I'm always open. And when you have a player of that caliber, typically, even if they are, you know, in man coverage and they're close, you can find a way to get them the ball. They're going to make sure they get the ball. And that's precisely what Jamar went out to prove this week. Uh, set Bengals records. I know at least he set the catch record for a game. I don't know if there's any other records he broke um, with 15 catches, I believe, which is just it's not too often. You see, you know, that we saw that two weeks ago with Keenan Allen with the 18 catch performance, but really good to see him back. But I think more importantly, watching that game, Joe Burrow looked healthy on his leg. Uh, there were a couple of times where Arizona was able to get pressure to him and he did a, a double spin move in the pocket, actually moving around, not just going straight to the ground, which I was like, okay, Burrow's getting the mobility back. Chase is out here just dogging fools. Uh, hopefully they get T Higgins back soon from the broken rib. Um, but I think similar to the last two seasons, you know, they didn't start off super great. They're probably going to go on a run and they could easily win 10 in a row here. So I think that's just kind of a, a thing to keep an eye out for. I did have Chase as my offensive player of the year. Started off slow, but hey, if this is the pace we're going to go on from here on out, I think the chances are good. Yeah, I mean, it was just invariable. I, I I told Mason, I mean, this man has had Jamar Chase in his lineup, I think all but like one week or something like that. So it was just like, it was just a matter of time before Playing he got me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess we'll touch on that just just real quick because it came up. Mason did take uh, did take the win last week, so I'm officially three and two. Okay, so I had this point. Okay, so I'm almost back to even. All right. Yeah. So you know, it's been a very very even matchup. I mean, I still had a I still had a good week at at 154 points, but I mean, Jamar Chase with just 55 points. I mean, yeah. it's it's hard to compete with that. I felt like every time I looked back at the matchup it was just his points just kept going up and up and up and there's really not a whole lot i could have done about that i need to pick better receivers i think i i think i got a total of like 20 points out of three receivers which is just terrible um yeah yeah i think you you've probably now five weeks in learned that granted yes we are just playing each other but Typically, every week, it's, it's pretty common that what I like to call there's a slate breaker, somebody that essentially, if they're not in your lineup, you're kind of just out of luck. You're screwed a little bit. Um, obviously, in a one-on-one matchup, it's not as big of a deal, but like if you're playing in a big contest, and if you're playing in the million-dollar contest this past week and you didn't have Jamar Chase in your lineup, you're probably not making a lot of money, right? And so it's that's kind of a, a trend that you'll pick up on and... Sometimes you hit, sometimes you miss. Yeah, I mean, just in terms of our matchup, I mean, to be fair, it wasn't quite the 55, but I think the week before I had 46 out of A.J. Brown, and that was yeah. definitely the, the difference in our yeah. matchup there. So, um, you know, it's just week by week. I was, I was telling you that I think I won with 128 last week, but I lost with 154 this week. So, um, yeah. you know, it is frustrating. But moving on, you know, from – you know, kind of in the same breath with really solid performances rather than just one player, a whole team, you know, it was kind of the game of the week. Um, you know, it was on Sunday night where we all watched 
the Dallas Cowboys, and I know that you know neither one of us were that broken up about it. Um, the 49ers just kind of showed what they can do against. I don't think everybody was as sold on the Cowboys as the 49ers. However, there was no doubt that the Cowboys were still viewed as definitely a very good team. I I don't think that's taken away. I still think they are a good team. Um, It's probably not characteristic. I don't think that they win by 32 points again if they play like tomorrow or whatever. Um, But my goodness... I mean, it, they it just the score kept going up, and then uh, Dak would go back out there after they scored a touchdown, and he just throw another, another interception, and it was just it got ugly, yeah, really, really quickly, especially in the second half. And uh, I think most of us saw what George Kittle had uh, on his undershirt. You know, I, I won't say it on the podcast. Um, um but kind of shows you how he feels about the Dallas Cowboys and whatnot. And it seemed like it was a, the 49ers were one mind. They knew exactly what they wanted to do. Brock Purdy did exactly what he needed to do. Even though Christian McCaffrey did not do Christian McCaffrey things, he didn't need to like, it just, they didn't even need their best player to be their best player. And they won by 32 points. Yeah, and it was it was. I had a smile on my face. I'm not gonna lie. I, I but it was it, on the other end of that. It was just wow, like like this is this is bad. This is not good. Yeah, no, it's um. Right now, I, I will say that Kyle Shanahan's got my vote for coach of the year. I think part of for me. I don't like to see the 49ers do well. And I think it's because we we've gotten to an age where the league is so based around the passing game and being such a quality, like to be successful in the NFL, you have to be a really good quarterback. Right. And it's almost like the 49ers in a way are the antithesis of that. In that Brock Purdy is not some flashy, amazing quarterback. Kyle Shanahan has built such a successful offense that he can make basic throws and they turn into like wide open, like they're schemed so well that they're just wide open that almost anybody like a Brock Purdy. Cause I don't know if you've seen Brock Purdy, Iowa state film, but it's not good. I, and, I watched a lot of his senior year. And, and so it's just, I think I didn't like Kyle Shanahan for, you know, when he was with the Falcons and for this other things, I I always kind of like just hate it because he's so good at what he does is the thing. And now I'm, I'm finally at this point where like, damn, I I, I respect what you're doing. Like you're making it look flawless. And that's not to say that they don't have a mistake here and there, but like the team is so also bought into what they're doing on both sides of the ball that like, eh, how do you how do you stop it? Like uh, the defense, the linebackers are playing. I think just the team mentality raises 
every individual player. It's almost like you're playing Madden and your your team's playing so well that you get the morale boost and every player's mm-hmm. overall is just plus five. That's what's happening for this team. Fred Warner's out there with his X factor and whatnot. Yeah. And it, right. You have Fred Warner who's an all pro linebacker. But because Fred Warner and the rest of the team are bought in like to what's going on, you have every player around Fred Warner playing above an average level. And it just like you would have never been scared of I don't even, I couldn't even name you guys on their team. That's the problem. Uh, but I don't know who's playing opposite Nick Bose, but everyone is just doing their job, which was is typically a motto for a lot of teams is do your job. And they're all doing it and they're doing it without making mistakes and they're staying fired up quarter after quarter. And it's just, it's cool to watch. Like I, I'm not, I don't want them to play us. I'm glad we don't play them this season, but it's just fun to watch. And the fact that they did it against the Cowboys at such a successful clip and it wasn't the McCaffrey show just, I think goes to show how much, I don't know. I don't even know. I'm just kind of speechless a little bit, to be honest. Yeah, they're they're in a really I'll just they're in a cool position because I it's like how how can they have like all these good players like they have Trent Williams who is I undoubtedly the best left tackle yeah. they have Christian McCaffrey who's the best running back in the league they have players like Debo Samuel they have Fred Warner they they've got all these guys they got Eric Armstead on the on the defensive line. And they're and you're like, how do they have all these guys in? They they like how, how can they do? Well, when you have Brock Purdy, who was correct me if I'm wrong, was he Mister Irrelevant? I think so, or at least he was late seventh round. At a and, so yeah, so you have him on that kind of deal. You have your quarterback on that kind of deal, and again, he, he he's. I don't think he's an elite quarterback, but A, you have guys that are super open. But you say, you you go out there, and at this point, you're like, Brock, I need you to make this throw. It's not the easiest throw in the world, and it needs to be accurate, but I need you to make this throw. And he, at least okay. against the Cowboys, he was like, okay, I can make that throw. He made a couple really, really great throws. Yeah, And you don't even need to have Christian McCaffrey do, like I said, his thing in – you just and then you have all these other great guys around them who do their thing, and mm-hmm. it's like the 49ers are really scary. And yeah, the Cowboys didn't play like the Cowboys. I think they have some things they need to evaluate because I did see a video this week where Fred Warner was like, they're pretty predictable. We kind of know what they like to do, and so mm-hmm. as long as you can cover their more favorite routes then it becomes a lot easier. And I, I think that's kind of eye-opening for Cowboys fans and their coaches. Like, hey, we're that predictable where their all-pro linebacker knows exactly what they're doing at all times and he can mm-hmm. control the middle of that field. Um, and that's why, and that's why, sorry to cut you off there, but... That's why the that exact reason is why the 49ers offense is so good because no one else has that style of play. It is so unpredictable because he's created everything on his own. And it's just like, what in the world? Sure, it's all based what? out of rooted from stuff, but like it is so creative. And that's why no yeah. one knows it's coming. I mean, you got Kittle who had a fantastic game. You got Ayuk who's having 
a really great season so far. Yeah. You have Debo Samuel, who is a wide receiver, but sometimes lines up in the backfield. I don't know. Maybe they'll have him at quarterback at some point and Brock Purdy at left guard. I don't know. Probably. But, like, it, it, it's creative. I think it's what everybody kind of wants to see from their team. And it's easy to say when everything works out really well. Um, it's hilarious. I don't know if you saw this, but the 49ers ran in the same exact spot on the field for a touchdown, the same trick play that the Lions ran earlier yeah. at the 12 o'clock game. That was funny. Both to Iowa tight ends, which is just so funny. Um, but apparently Dallas did not see that play earlier. They were not ready for it. It worked flawlessly for the 49ers. Um, they were not ready for that. Um, they weren't ready for most things. Yeah, um, just not even really there. And uh, yeah, it, it all it also hurts, you know, when you when you have three interceptions. But um, yeah. There's not a whole lot to say more to say about that game, but yeah, 49ers are really good and they're going to continue to be really good. Um, and I will say that the last thing, um, I'm not going to talk about the Raiders. We had we had them on the agenda, you know, it was just it was just nice to see us get back, uh, get one back in the win column. It's been I don't have I, I I joke with Mason, you know. I every win that we have, I got to be over the top about it, and you know, say I mean, that we're back because are we really back? No. I mean, um, I I was happy with how our defense played, even though that Jordan Love kind of helped that out, and um, it was good to see him, you know, keep a team to thirteen points. Doesn't really happen that often. Uh, with the Raiders defense, but it it does seem like overall, um, besides like one game, it looks like the defense have kind of figured out uh, Patrick Graham's system. I know last year it was kind of the thing was like it's it's kind of complicated, um, and so it, you know maybe they figured it out a little bit more. Um, and the only thing I'll say with that is Max Crosby is the dude was just insane. He's been insane this year. Yeah. The Packers essentially put two guys on him the entire night and still was able to produce like he normally does. Um, and so that's the one thing I'll say. I got to advocate for the guy because there's not a whole lot going for the Raiders and for that defense. So I got to advocate where I can for him. Well, yeah, and, and that's uh, that's what you have to do, especially when you know your team's having a losing season or you know there's not a lot of hope for the season, whatever it may be. And the you have to take pride in in the victories, even if they're small. Like even in a blowout loss, if you're seeing success on a certain play call or a certain player is doing something really well or whatever it may be, you got to be able to to be appreciative of those things. And you know, not only did the the defense step up and play good in a primetime game against uh, really no one knows what to think of a Packers offense, um, very hit and miss. Um, but Max Crosby is still doing Max Crosby things. Um, and he's not only, you know, playing well, he's continuing to bring the energy, which younger guys feed off of, which is really important to build something positive toward the future. Right, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. so, yeah, no, definitely uh pat on the back to your Raiders. Um, and, you know, that'll kind of, you know, why don't we just lead us into 
our picks for this week, and we'll kind of do what we did last week, and we'll run through every game. Uh, last week was not a super hot week for either no, of us. No, it was not. We kind of um, struggled last week after having such a great week the previous week. Yeah, we. Uh, it was the first bye week. Um, a couple teams were off, so we only had 14 games. And I went a solid 500, which would be great in the MLB, but not necessarily great here. Uh, and Jacob went six and eight. Um, we a, a lot of times we end up picking the same team, but we both try and find games that we could flip on just to be different, um, not only for each other, but for you guys as well. So we're not just reading off the same thing every time. Uh, but again, this podcast is coming out a little bit later than normal, uh, but we both did pick Kansas City, which I've been so disappointed in the primetime games. They've just been ugly through and through. And a, another performance where you're not convinced by the Chiefs offense. Travis Kelsey played great, but outside of that, these receivers aren't stepping up. Um, so I'm not really sure what to make of that. And oh my gosh, the Broncos, man. Just it's getting ugly in Denver. I, you know, for years I was on the, sh- it, it's, I'm not sure how to feel about Sean Payton. Um, for, Is Sean for, Payton, the bad coach. Did that, Drew Brees I, carry the Saints for forever? I saw this tweet. I was like talking about, you know, just the, the Broncos struggles. And it's like, man, maybe I didn't truly appreciate Drew Brees greatness. And I was like, Hmm, I wonder what the truth in that is, right? Obviously, you know, it's you take it with a grain of salt. They both benefited from each other. Um, but yes, I do, you know, there's a reason Breeze was as successful as he was. But um, I don't think you can say anything definitive. I mean, were the Broncos a good team last year? No, I mean, it doesn't make sense. I mean, they have so many good players, and it, it looks like they are kind of set up to be able to be a good team. They're just not. Yeah. One thing right out the gate, and we're getting off on a tangent here, but one thing that I was very confused about, and I don't know if it's just this new offense that Sean Payton's bringing in is just different or difficult for them to conceptualize or execute, but – the very first drive, which was arguably their most successful drive because they went down and at least got a field goal, but they changed personnel on every single play down the field. And not like typically if you're running a running back by committee system, you will almost alternate drive series of plays versus individual plays, right? That's pretty common. I kid you not, they used three different running backs on the very first drive on a different player. Like they were literally rotating. They started off with uh, Jaleel McLaughlin, and then it went to Javonta Williams, and then whoever third string guy, I don't even know his name. And it literally just alternated between the three of them down the field. And I was like, what is it? And same with the receiving core in and out, in and out, in and out, different tight end sets every single play. And I'm like, is it? too much is this part of the problem um but russ they're also just there's no motivation i didn't see any get off any want to make plays uh, from the receivers and the the noise is getting loud i'll just say that it is not pleasant for anybody in that front office right now and i'll be interested to see 
if another couple of weeks of this type of environment, if it doesn't get any better, something somebody's got to go. There was the whole Jerry Judy situation before the game with Steve Smith, which is the whole yeah. thing. And I, I will say, I, it's just weird. Just out of the blue, it seems like we're attacking players, you know, for just not okay. being good. So I saw that same opinion, and I don't agree. And I'll, I'll let you finish, and then I'll tell you why I think so. I, 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 I think it's it's completely fair to analyze and and you know analyze somebody's game, but a little bit more so with um, you know last week with um, with Dak and um with zach wilson and just just coming out and and being on air and saying you know players suck and they're and they're garbage mm-hmm. and it's like i i don't think there's just really any any need for that mm-hmm. i and i i don't know i to be fair i will say that i only saw what people were saying about mm-hmm. steve smith i did not actually watch the video um so if you could let me know like what he was actually saying but i i will say it's just it seems like there's been a trend towards just a lot more of this coming out and i i just i don't understand it if it's just kind of like the thing if they want people to be kind of doing that because it drives numbers you know Mm -hmm. any any click and any view is a good view whether Mm -hmm. if the content is good or not um so i i don't know about that but i I think it's just gotten like overly negative. I don't know the, but yeah. What yeah. Do you think? So I I definitely agree with what the what happened with the Rodney Harrison Zach Wilson stuff. I I don't think there's a need for anything like that. I don't think that situation and this situation were the same. Um, there's probably definitely some truth into like bold statement, pull and clicks, media kind of stuff behind the scenes. Um, but for for someone that I, I've watched and uh, been a fan of and also didn't like for many years uh, of Steve Smith my entire life, like I, I've seen him from the very beginning, one player that I truly watched through and through, um, who has always been one of the biggest trash talkers, noise in your face, doesn't back down anybody. He has been the bold, I'm a little dude, but it, it doesn't mean anything. I'm going to be who I am because I'm I'm confident. And he's been that way since he's been a commentator. He's talked about receivers. The moment he got a microphone in his hand, he will come up and tell you to your face, hey, you're not performing to your standard or the talk that you're giving. He calls anybody out, always has. Um, Steve tried to be the bigger man because in the past he had made comments about Cherry Judy. And approached him pregame to kind of, hey, I want to apologize some things that said in the past and kind of, you know, clear the air and have a conversation. And probably because Steve Smith is one of the greatest receivers of all time, give him some pointers, help be a mentor in any aspect. That's what he tries to do to these younger guys. Um, Well, when he approached him to say that, it was not well received from Jerry Judy. And he basically cursed him out immediately and was like, get out of my face. To which Steve Smith's like, 
don't disrespect me like that, but like, okay, you know, have a nice day. Like, I'm not going to continue to try to go out of my way for you. So then, you know, obviously what he said kind of got him emotional a little bit. And so he then, you know, brought it up pregame where he talked about in the past, he called Jerry Judy a jag, which means just a guy. And he's not really anybody. Um, and, you know, kind of talked about what Judy said to him. And the whole time this, this stuff is happening, Judy is now trying to feed off of this or frankly looks like he's got some Antonio Brown problems in the background where he's running around yelling like a chicken with his head cut off, trying to make a scene getting closer and closer to them as they're doing their, you know, interview and whatnot. And, um, you know, it, it got brought up to where he said, because there's been speculations of rumors prior to the game that Jerry Judy is a trade commodity coming up in the trade deadline, where Steve, you know, made the comment that if, because I guarantee you scouts and people in the front office leverage people like Steve Smith who've been in the game and are around these players, what their opinion on them is. And, you know, made the comment that if people call him asking about Jerry Judy, he's going to say, don't trade for him. And, you know, it's one thing to say on air and sure. He probably got a little emotional in the moment and felt like that's what he needed to say. So you could, you could say it's a little too far. Again, I don't equate it to the same situation as the previous week, just because Judy was really fueling a lot of this fire and commentary. Mm -hmm. um, and then what did he do? Back up with a, a three for 14 game. And so, I don't know. I, I can see where Steve Smith maybe went a little too far, but I'm definitely not on the Judy support system here. I think what he did was yeah, no, I don't. I, I I didn't know the the whole situation. I, the point I was just trying to make is just it's just trending in that way. It's just yeah. where it's much more confrontational between or like direct. Um, I won't say insults, but it's like almost, trending trending that way towards certain players rather than just just game analysis and whatnot. Yeah, and it's it, just it's just weird to see. I think um, a lot of the influence probably is from organizations like Barstool, right? Where you have a bunch of dudes sitting around couches, lounging completely unfiltered, saying yeah. anything and everything. Right. And it's drawn a massive audience. Yeah. And so when you're major networks, NFL network, ESPN, okay, clearly people are more drawn to authenticity and not as much, you know, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an appropriate word to say, but, uh, you know, not as fluffy this, right? We're kind of mm -hmm. just cutting you a little more abrasive with what we're saying. So I think there's definitely some of that probably happening and being yeah. scripted in. I think it just kind of probably got exacerbated with a character like Steve Smith, who's always been that way and kind of got caught up in a already heated situation, which was very much stoked by Judy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure, but we we went on a pretty long tangent off on <laughs> yes, talking about talking about uh, these games. So I we can just go through these really quickly, and like we did last week, um, kind of where the our locks are. We'll we'll kind of we'll kind of hit on those, but we'll start off with um, New Orleans and Houston. Kind of going through these rapid fire. We both have New Orleans. 
I don't feel super great about that. I still feel like Houston's on a pretty good trend, even though I had them last week against Atlanta. Um, I think really it comes down to is, you know, is New Orleans defense, they've been playing great this year. Can they stop the uh, C.J. Stroud train? Um, I know everybody's been kind of looking at him for offensive rookie of the year. Um, you know, New Orleans is going to score their points on offense. They will. Um, right now, is it, is it going to be super dominant? No. But they're still going to score their points. Um, can New Orleans stop that uh, C.J. Stroud offense? That's pretty much what it comes down to, I think. I took New Orleans. You did as well. Um, but I personally didn't. It's like a 60-40 thing kind of for me. The line's super close on that game. Yeah, I think being in Houston is going to have a little bit of effect. Um, I do think that C.J. Stroud breaks the streak and records his first interception this week for a team that is third in the league so far in interceptions. They've already matched their total for interceptions all of last season. Um, this team, this defense could very well be the number one team at takeaways by the end of the year. Um, they're just playing lights out. So uh, I'd probably give it a little bit more than 60-40, but I'm, I'm, I'm more has, I think it really comes down to the New Orleans offense more than anything. I think if they can continue to do what they did last week and then Alvin Kamara is as efficient. Um, Houston has given up a lot on the run. They're kind of the top or the bottom half there on rush defense. So I think that's kind of the, the deciding factor in my opinion. Um, but moving on to the next one, we have our London game. 8 30 a.m. kickoffs <laughs> local time. <laughs> yeah. And as you said earlier, the the London Europe games have been just very odd. I mean, last week I really had no doubts that uh Buffalo was gonna win that game against Jacksonville and they lost. Yeah. Um so I, I don't know if it's you know the logic is backwards over there. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm still gonna take Baltimore. I think they're I think they are favored. Um, I think they'll be looking to bounce back again after last week. Um, I mean, that was just I, – I watched, like, the second half of that game. It was just so odd. Like, the Steelers are not a good team, but they still found a way to win on that touchdown. I heard from uh, – it was a story that came out. It wasn't even the design play call for that go route against – uh, Pickens. It was yeah. just a. It was just an audible that they yeah. that uh, Kenny Pickett made, uh, which is just hilarious when it comes to the whole Matt Canada situation. We won't talk about that, but yeah. it's just funny um, when you see the video of him just being utterly confused or just no reaction at all um, on the on the touchdown. Yeah, dude has no place being there. But anyway, um, yeah, I I decided to to go with the reverse logic in this one. I we were kind of. I was going back and forth before we, we kicked this off. Um, excuse me. Goodness. But uh, part of my logic, I think, also has a little bit of evidence behind it. Uh, the Ravens receivers have been terrible. Um, seven drops last week. And what does Tennessee like to do? They like to shorten the game, milk the clock with running the ball. Um, this is probably going to be a low-scoring game. And Tennessee typically has the upper hand in low-scoring games. Uh, so not only am I going with Ryan Tannehill and the Titans to win this one, um, but I also picked them as my spread lock of the week 
Baltimore's a four and a half, so I'm taking Tennessee plus four and a half. Derrick Henry, big day in London. King Henry, maybe it all is a good headline, good title. So that's what I'm rolling with. Um, next, we have the Commanders traveling to Atlanta to take on the Falcons, which is another game we picked differently, and this was a toss-up for me. Why'd you pick the Falcons? Look, I... I don't believe in the Falcons. Um, This is just a, I don't know. I looked at it. I didn't hate. I mean, they ended up pulling it out against uh, Houston last week. Um, I believe it was a last second field goal. The offense looked a little bit better. Desmond Ritter looked a little bit better. Um, Kyle Pitts, it looks like, it looked like he had at least some targets. Maybe they're finally realizing Hey, we have this really incredible dude we can throw to. Maybe we should get him the ball more. Um, but that's me just being very helpful and all the Kyle Pitts fantasy owners out there. Um, yeah, I don't know. And I'm just spooked with how poorly Washington played against Chicago um, last week. So, yeah, I'm taking the Falcons. I, it, again, another one of those picks. I don't feel great about it. Yeah, I'm picking the Falcons. I don't know, just to pick them. Um, but I, I think the Commanders will have to show me something that tells me, hey, they're back on track after just getting not only beat by a winless Chicago team, they got blown out of the building, Yeah, uh, which was just very odd to see. So I, I really don't know what to think about the Commanders. Um, so, yeah, that's why I took the Falcons. Not. It, Pretty simple. Yeah, no, this, this is another one of those kind of ugly matchups. I purely don't like the Falcons, so that's also why I'm not picking them. But your Washington, I don't know how you arguably could have, maybe should have beat Philadelphia, and then you get smacked around by Chicago. So I'm looking for a bounce-back game for them. Uh, Atlanta's not super great. Uh, I don't know. It's an indoor game. Sam Howell needs to get the ball to his playmakers, needs to get Terry McLaurin involved. But I think that's a, a coin flip there. Um, we we sound uh, super convinced on this game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's a reason these aren't the locks. There's a, um, there's a bunch <clears throat> of confidence in these games. Um, but that leads us into arguably another coin flip. Um, <laughs> Minnesota and Chicago. I'll start this one off. Um this might be the the worst take I've had this year, um, but this is my lock just to win this week. I don't know why. I just it's one of those weird gut feelings. Everything's kind of going sideways and negatively for Minnesota. Jefferson just went on the IR. They lost to Kansas City last week. I don't know. I look at this as a a game for the future that let's say Jefferson doesn't stay with the Vikings next year, Kirk cousins and Jordan Addison become best buddies. And, and that's, that's the connection that they have. Hawkinson has to step up. Maybe they get that run game going. Maybe they have a breakthrough week this week. I don't know. Um, Just, just a gut feeling. Um, I'm not totally sold on the bears. Um, Even though that offense has looked a lot better. Um, it's it's just one of those weird ones. I just looked at it and 
two one and four teams, I thought, you know what? I just in me it feels like the Vikings are gonna win. Who knows? They'll probably lose by thirty. I, I have no idea. But yeah, I'm taking them to win. I'm taking them as the lock. Lock it in. Yeah, lock it in. I don't oh, advise man. anybody else to lock it in. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I want to lock it in, but that's that's what I'm locking. Oh goodness. Uh well I'm gonna go the exact opposite. Uh I'm gonna go with Chicago on this one. Um, for kind of all the reasons you said there, everything is kind of working against Minnesota right now. Um, not super positive and Chicago is kind of, I hate to call it an uptrend, but they, they've seen a lot of progress since the first, you know, few games of the season and Minnesota has allowed, I don't know how many yards in the air to receivers and what happened last week, DJ Moore, Hey, got him the ball and what do he do 230 yards and three touchdowns if they don't get him at least that amount of targets this week i don't know what chicago's doing so i'm gonna go with chicago and hopefully they, they've learned a thing or two it's a lot but i told you like i i feel it in my gut did you not just listen to what i said they're gonna turn it around logic says the bears you gotta go against logic it'll be great uh, you're, It'll be you're, fantastic. Your gut didn't convince me. Um, um, moving on, we have Seattle and Cincinnati. We're finally agreeing again, and uh, it looks like for the next few picks we're agreeing. Um, I think Cincinnati, just plain and simple, they're kind of back on the train. Um, I think, again, Jamar Chase is a little bit pissed off this week. Um, I think he's going to have the same kind of game. Uh, you, you know, they'll get back into the flow. Um, and even though Seattle's been a pretty decent team this year, I think uh, Cincinnati takes it and uh, they're going to win. Yeah, I agree there. I think Cincinnati's probably got something to prove over the next few games, showing that they're still one of the top teams. Seattle will get Jamal Williams back after the concussion. Dude came back last week after, you know, being out from the torn quad and looked absolutely fired up and made plays in the nine plays that he played and then about knocked himself out. Um, so hopefully he can play a full game. I'll be interested to see um, how they use him and kind of keep him down in the box and how that affects the run game with Joe Mixon, but still like Cincinnati in this one. Um, next game we got best team in the league. We already Mo- Moving into what should be my lock of the week, but is not because for some reason, um, we don't have to say anything else besides San Francisco's good. Cleveland, Cleveland again doesn't have Deshaun Watson. So we'll move on to that. There's there's no more need for any more analysis there. Um we have Miami uh versus Carolina, who are 14 point favorites. Uh we both have Miami. It's kind of the same situation. Uh Miami good, Carolina, Carolina. bad. <laughs> Uh, it looks like they have some struggles with Bryce Young there, some uncertainty. Uh, looks like head coach may have wanted CJ Stroud, um, you know, some stuff there. But yeah, um, that offense, even though uh, they won't have a Chan, that's that's the correct A-chan. way of saying a Chan, they won't have a Chan. Um, they they've got a lot of other good players now have chase claypool we'll see how that turns out um yeah um moving on we have detroit and tampa bay 
which does, uh, you know, won't be as kind of a blowout like the... I think it won't be as much of a blow as the other two games we just talked about. Uh, but we still both have Detroit. You want to weigh in on, on that one? Yeah. I. <laughs> the more I think about it, I'm, I'm actually teetering a little bit um, towards Tampa Bay on this one. <clears throat> Baker Mayfield is, I think, exceeded all expectations, and he's not making mistakes is the big thing. Um, and we can't forget, if Mike Evans is healthy, uh, you know, he's had the, the hamstring problem. Um, this Tampa Bay defense is starting to play like they, they were in the past. They're playing really well. Um, but I think Detroit is really clicking. Not And the big thing for them, it's not just an offense. They're clicking on defense, and they're playing very well. Like Aiden Hutchinson's a freak. Um, and they also have Jameson Williams, who got a, a little bit of – snaps in last week and hopefully they unveil him a little bit i don't know what you know the status of amon raw is going to be he's kind of been in and out with the the injury but let's say amon raw's healthy jameson wilson gets a full snap count i mean this could be sam laporta very well could be rookie of the year the dude's playing unreal through but he's my rookie of the year five weeks of the season i'll tell you that outside of cj stroud um uh, Speaking of that, I think I still have Detroit. I'm still going to stick with Detroit. Yeah. Um, the The only thing is, I think the only reason they lose this game is because of how injured they are on their injury report as of Friday. It looks like they have quite a few guys not practicing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Branch, they don't have practicing. Gibbs did not practice today. Um, Sam Laporta is also on that on that injury report. He's I think he's questionable. He was like limited practice today. Um, so they are a little bit banged up, which is something to keep an eye on. It's never good when you're banged up at the start of the year. Um, but but that that offense and their defense, that whole team is just, it's flowing really mm-hmm. well right now. They're, they're playing some good football. Um, I hope injuries don't get in the way of, of them playing really good football. Um, but that's the only reason I would say that they would lose this game, even though, like we said, Tampa Bay is not a bad team. I just really love how Detroit's playing. And fortunately, they're sitting pretty, 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 pretty. They're sitting pretty in the division right now. Yeah, they are. <laughs> the rest Very much so. Are, are, are struggling. Um, but anyway, moving on to the next, uh, which is a divisional game. The... Anthony Richardson-less Indianapolis Colts traveling down to Duval County to take on the Jaguars. Um, and that's kind of why I picked the Jags. I'm assuming it's probably similar for you. Yeah, I mean, short summary of it. We don't have to go into it too much. The Anthony Richardson-less Colts play the just-beat-the-Bills Jags. I mean, super easy, super short. Jags are back to playing some good football. Yeah, both took them. Um, <clears throat> there's not a whole lot to say there. Um, I feel I feel good about it. Rather than the other picks, I feel feel pretty good about the Jacksonville Jaguars. And moving on, New England at the Raiders. I can finally, with some sort of confidence, take my Raiders this week. Haven't been able to do that too much. Unfortunately, did take Green Bay last week when the Raiders pulled it out. Um, but I am taking the Raiders this week. Um, 
I don't think anybody's very high on the Patriots right now. And I, I would hope that we're riding a little bit of the momentum uh, playing pretty well against the Green Bay Packers, even though it wasn't convincing whatsoever. You know, we got to take any momentum that we can get. Um, I'm taking the Raiders. Yeah, no, I I agree with you here. I'm taking the Raiders just because there's no no positivity coming out of New England. But this also in the back of my brain is one of those weird trap games where for some reason Mac Jones comes out and throws for 303 touchdowns and Bill Belichick is happy again. But I, I just don't – I hope that doesn't happen. Um, I hope the, the Raiders can build off the win last week and uh, take advantage and get another dub and – Send Bill crying, send him back in. Yeah, well, we'll see. The Raiders aim to both surprise and disappoint <laughs> if I've learned anything over the 20 years that I've been a fan. So moving on to Arizona and Los Angeles, it looks like we're we're in a grand here on this one as well. Looks like we both have the Rams. Um, Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua looked like they are a deadly tandem, even though that they lost last weekend against the Eagles. Um, they both got a pretty solid share of targets. Um, it's looking to be a great one-two kind of punch there. Um, and then Arizona, I think, did you touch on this earlier in the podcast or were you, were you telling me? I'm not sure. Uh, but James Conner's out, which is unfortunate for the Cardinals. Um, I've liked yeah. what they've done so far, um, given their expectations. But still... Uh, James Conner is a pretty big blow, and I think that the Rams pull this one out. Yeah, no, I think, frankly, both of these teams have been surprising me. Um, I didn't have high expectations for the Rams this year, but with the emergence of the younger receivers, the Rams have played very well, and the defense has played a lot better than I was expecting after losing Jalen Ramsey and just kind of phasing out some of the older people. Um, I, I like the Rams to win, but also on the other side of that, like Arizona has – and competing every week and putting up points one way or another. So hats off to them. I don't think they'll be able to, to keep up with the Rams offense, but heck man, for what they have <laughs> on that team right now, they're they're definitely playing pretty well. So you can't be too upset with you know a lot of things to build on in the future. Um but moving to the next game, going over to the East Coast, we got the Eagles taking on the Jets at MetLife. Yeah, um, I'm glad that the Jets are playing better. Just after just the such a disappointment at the start of the season. Mm -hmm. um, however, I'm still I'm still taking the Eagles. Um, they haven't been super convincing. They're not compared to the 49ers as the two five and O teams. Um, the Niners have been a much more um, convincing 5-0 and team than the Eagles have, um, but I'm still taking the Eagles. I I still think even if they don't play as well as they can, they still play better than the Jets. Um, I don't think the Jets' defense, you know, and, and what they're able to do will be enough. The Eagles are still going to score their points, and uh, the Jets still need to develop that offense. Um, and it... it it takes quite a bit to get that offense going um, 
with Zach Wilson at quarterback. It's, it's kind of been a learning process. Um, as they prepared, you know, they prepared to have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback and they've had to go go through this whole big change. Um, and so I'm still taking the Eagles. Yeah, no, I think the Eagles will probably do what they did last year and they'll probably rattle off, you know, 10 and 0 and then they'll drop a game and finish like 13 and 4 or something like that, 14 and 3. Um, but yeah, this is. This should be a relatively easier game if they just execute the game plan. Um, so not going to spend too much more on that. Uh, the other game over there in New York, uh, not even going to say anything other than Buffalo. Just Buffalo beats the Giants. That's all Buffalo. we need. Yep, Buffalo. And moving that is, on. That is my lock of the week. I will say that. <laughs> oh, oh, is it? That is That's my, your lock of the week. That the, is my game Not even having the their starting quarterback giants against the buffalo bills i hope i lose i hope whoever me, I me even, too honestly who, i would backup? love that who's backup i don't even know the backup is anymore isn't tyrod taylor the backup is he i thought, I thought so yeah tyrod was in uh i thought he was somewhere else okay well i hope tyrod taylor throws for three touchdowns and just proves me wrong i, but, I do too um but moving on the last game of the week uh, which is actually my pick against the spread right now. As I'm looking, uh, Dallas is favored by two points. We have the Chargers going into – sorry, we have the Cowboys going to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. Um, all I'm going to say is I think that the Cowboys just view this as a we need to figure this out right now. We need to bounce back and have a good game. Um, and also, I'm not totally sold on the Chargers. Um, I still think their defense leaves something to be desired. And the Cowboys' strength, even after 42 points, is on their defense. Um, and I think they'll they'll bounce back. I'm just I'm just predicting that they'll have a, a w- much better week than what they showed last week. Um, and so I'm taking them two points to uh, beat the Chargers. Yeah, and I think the exact opposite. I am going on a limb here, and I think the Chargers win this game at home uh, coming off a bye week, and they're fresh. They should get Austin Eckler back this week as of right now is the way it's trending. Obviously, they lost Mike Williams, which is a blow, but Keenan Allen is frankly playing the best ball I've seen him play in a few years, looking really good. I hope they can get somebody else involved. Like you have Palmer... Drafted Quentin Johnson, Quentin Johnson, Darius Davis. You have all these guys, and there really hasn't been that second guy to step up yet. Um, so I'm hoping there's a little bit more consistency across the board with those other guys. But more importantly, I I just think the Cowboys don't bounce back this week. I think they come out flat and they drop another game to three and three, and it sends the Cowboys fan base into a complete mutiny and they lose their minds. Look, so, I'm I'm siding <laughs> with you here. I I hope that comes true. That'd be great. That'd be I fantastic. Just, <laughs> I, but just my head. I don't know. My head is telling me that it's not going to happen. My heart would 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 beam with joy mm-hmm. if if that's what if that's what it turns out to be. They dropped a three and three, and if the Eagles get up to six and zero oh in the division, that that becomes a very scary thing for the Dallas Cowboys and their hopes on the season. Um, yeah. 
I mean, I'm I'm taking them. I'm I view it much differently than you. My heart tells me I hope you're right. Our our running tally for the year hopes that you're wrong. Um, I don't know what to feel. But yeah, in conclusion, I'm taking the Cowboys, unfortunately. I hate to do it. Well, you know, and that that makes good content because then we'll we'll see, you know, whoever ends up coming out right on that one. But I can't I can't lose here, basically. I've set myself up to I can't yeah, lose. It's a it's a win-win situation for yep. you. Yep. Um and that's what it's all about, setting yourself up in a position where you can't lose. Exactly. Something that never mind. I'm not gonna go that long. Okay. Um, um, that unless you had anything else, I think that just about wraps it up for this week. I know that before this obviously you guys don't know this we look to keep it pretty short but uh this has gone on quite a while especially when we hit that tangent in the middle yeah i think having this kind of like we talked about at the beginning we're doing a little bit different format with the this the zoom type style back and forth over screen um and not doing it directly through our normal upload software um where i'm not staring at a timer I think it, there's probably good and bad. It probably might be long for some, but it also, I think, just creates more natural conversation a little bit, and we're not worried about that as much. But nonetheless, we'll go ahead and wrap it up here. I know we didn't do a beer segment this week. We'll Even if next week we end up doing it like this, we'll make sure and have beer ready to go for that. Um, but we appreciate you guys tuning in. Like we said, hopefully we can get this uploaded as well to the YouTube channel, which is just Beers and Pigskins um leave a like comment subscribe ask us questions fantasy not fantasy anything something you want us to talk about we're happy to to throw it out there we appreciate those that do tune in and we'll catch y'all next week yeah